Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast. This week's sermon is about reawakening and was preached by Pastor Taylor at the Lingostown Life Campus on May 22nd, 2022. Welcome to the Lingostown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 1. Hear the word of the Lord. While while they were eating together, Jesus ordered the disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Jesus said, this is what you heard from me. John baptized with water, but only a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. As a result, those who gathered together asked Jesus, Now, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? Jesus replied, It's not for you to know the times nor the seasons that the Father has set by God's own authority. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After Jesus said these things as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. While Jesus was going away, they were staring towards heaven, and suddenly two men in white robes stood next to them, saying, Galileans, why are you standing here looking towards heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that you saw Jesus go into heaven. So they returned from Jerusalem and continued to gather together. When I first adopted our Husky German Shepherd Rescue Fuji, my wife and I brought her foster sibling Zamir to meet Fuji. And it was a great experience. Fuji, though, was convinced that Zamir was our child. And they became great friends. Within a period of 48 hours that Z stayed with us, Fuji and Zamir were inseparable. I think to us, Uh, to, To Fuji, just I and my spouse were just chum change. We were part of the package deal. And they were inseparable for the weekend. And then Zamir went home. And what was so interesting was that Fuji stood at the door for about three days. Whimpering, waiting, unable to move on. Maybe we've had that moment in our life as well. You brought your preschooler to the school bus for the first time, and you just stand there waiting. Maybe you bring your college student to their dorm, and you just wait, hoping for one last glance. Maybe your coworker is no longer at your job, and you're waiting for them to show up. We've had moments, I think, where we're frozen, paralyzed by stress. You see, the disciples are in extreme stress. Raise your hand if you've experienced stress in the past two weeks. If you're not, I need to learn from you. Stress affects us all. When we think about 
stress, we often think about the fight or flight mechanism that we grew up with. What's interesting is that psychologists have actually expanded the paradigm. It's no longer just fight or flight. There is fight where we respond, where we quickly try to tackle an issue. There's flight where we run away from an issue. There's fawn where we just try to make sure everyone else is okay. Some of us in this room are people who fawn under stress. We don't deal with the stress because we worry about how everyone else is responding. We try to smooth things over. And if you're like me, you freeze up. You can say yes, you can seem like you understand what's going on on the outside, but inside, all of the mechanism, those, the warning lights are going off. You may experience different ways of responding to stress. I think the disciples in this case are frozen. They're not fleeing like they did when Jesus was taken away. They're not fighting in the moment. They're not checking in on one another. They're all just transfixed, staring up. And I have to think that that moment is like when you have, if you've ever experienced this, whether you're a birder or someone who goes to airports and just watches the planes come in, you're just staring up for a very long time. The scriptures don't necessarily say it, but I have to wonder if the disciples are standing there for hours. Jesus has been lifted up, and they're just staring into the clouds. Maybe they're worried Jesus got stuck on a cumulonimbus on his way out. They're so worried. I don't think they make eye contact with one another because they don't want to have to admit that they are stressed out. And what's so interesting to me is that their stress comes because they, Jesus changed what the expectations were. You see, the, uh, the, the disciples, they were thinking that this Jesus was just going to play the hits like a good DJ, right? He thought that they were going to be living out more time with Jesus on earth. So they start asking Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? And Jesus seems to suggest, what a silly question. I have something bigger for you to do. Because Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The disciples think that they're just going back to what they know. But I think Jesus is actually inviting us into a more complex calling as disciples. In our remissioning series, we're learning about reawakening this week. What is it that Jesus is trying to awaken in us when the plan changes? You see, Jesus says you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Jesus lays out the plan. It's pretty clear. But the disciples are just stuck looking up. They're not ready to follow through with the plan to be witnesses. I wonder how many of us are just looking up in our faith, waiting for Jesus to come back instead of following the plan. How many of us say things like, well, when I get to heaven? How many say, when Jesus comes back, then I will do this? What's so important about Jesus' story in the ascension 
is that there's a clear sense we have work to do now. There's things for us to be doing. Because our plans are not the ones that Jesus has in mind. What's so interesting about this scripture is that it's prescriptive. Jesus wants us to start caring about the world around us, the people around us. And it seems interesting, too, that because the disciples are just sitting there, standing for hours, waiting for Jesus to show back up, freezing up, God sends two men in white, not men in black, with a pug and some aliens. If you're old enough to get that reference, uh, I'm almost 30, so we're, we're on the same page. But what's important is that these angels show up and they remind the disciples that they're supposed to be doing something with their time. Galileans, why are you standing here looking towards heaven? This Jesus will come back in the same way in which you saw him leave. It's a reminder that they have something to do. Within three verses, the disciples have forgotten what that plan was. Three verses is all it takes to forget what Jesus has in store for us. How many of us are three verses forgotten? So what is it that we've been avoiding in our faith? Because Jesus is like a doctor, very prescriptive, says this is what your faith should look like. He teaches the disciples this before and after the resurrection. Sometimes we live a very reactive way. When we experience stress, we don't think about how we handle stress in those four categories and make a change. We just stress out. And if you don't think you're stressed, ask your partner or your kids. They can tell you. But Jesus invites us to be active, to be prescriptive in our faith. What is it that we're avoiding doing? What is it that we're, we would rather just wait and hope things get better instead of doing? What is it that we have in our faith life that we've been avoiding? We talked about this this morning at Rockville at our breakfast church, and some of the folks said things like, maybe we top, stop making time to read scripture because we say we're going to start doing that eventually. We're going to start adding reading the Bible, but we don't do it. What is it that we're waiting for Jesus to come back for that we've been avoiding? Is it caring for our neighbors? Is it caring, caring about the world and very much, very seriously, the climate that we live in? The past 48 hours have been hot. They're saying it's, it's going to be this way all summer because of changes much bigger than we are part of. Are we living like we're just waiting for heaven instead of caring for and stewarding the earth that God gave us in Genesis? Are we waiting for Jesus to start welcoming and meeting strangers and refugees? Are we waiting for Jesus to come back to stop our habits that cause pain to others? Usually when we talk about sin, we think about how it just affects us. Most of the time, it affects other people in our lives. Are we treating them like they have value by trying to change now? Are we waiting for Jesus to come back to give up our workaholism? Finding our value in working 60, 70 hours a week? 
Are we waiting for Jesus to come back to put down our phones and our devices when our family and neighbors are here to be present? Are we waiting for Jesus to return to move our beliefs into action? You see, Jesus does not say, you'll get to it next month. Jesus doesn't tell folks to just keep waiting a while to avoid the work of the discipleship that we're called to. Jesus implies by asking them to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth that they have work to do. They can't stare into the sun forever. One preacher suggests that actually maybe Jesus was even face-palming as he saw the disciples still looking up as he ascended, thinking, don't they get it? Didn't I just say what the plan is? So what is it in your life that you've been avoiding? And I'm not talking about the dishes or vacuuming. What is it that you need to live out in your faith this week that Jesus is asking you to take care of, to start caring about, to start witnessing to? You see, Jesus invites us to be witnesses, to care about one another, to be disciples very actively. But he doesn't say, take a month or a few years to figure it out. Jesus invites us into this now, into transforming our world, to transform Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Linglestown Life Podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more on www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth and love God and love others.